All right, let's get into it. Happy Tuesday. It is September 12th. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, bowling foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon. Busy Tuesday for the next two hours. We've got lots to get to. Monday night football between the Jets and the Bills last night, ending off week one of the NFL season. Full of storylines. The Aaron Rodgers injury, the overtime victory. We'll get to all of that coming up in just a few moments' time. Plus, Kalen Kaler going to join us. Senior NFL writer for The Athletic for Fallout for the rest of the season for the New York Jets, who have officially lost Aaron Rodgers for the season with a ruptured Achilles, suffered just four plays into his New York Jets career. We'll hear from head coach Robert Sala as he reacted to the news last night. Also, Jays kicked off a series against the Texas Rangers. Huge series for both teams when it comes to the AL wildcard race. Jays fall 10-4 in the series opener, game two tonight. And another Canadian team has named their next captain after the Vancouver Canucks named Quinn Hughes the 15th captain in team history on Monday. On this Tuesday, the Winnipeg Jets have announced Adam Lowry as their next captain. We'll join. Uh, we'll be joined by our pal Andrew, the Hustler Patterson, host of Winnipeg Sports Talk, coming up in hour two to dive into all things Jets following that announcement. Take a look at uh, Winnipeg as one of the more intriguing teams in my mind as we get set for another NHL seasons with uh, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley still on the roster after what we were expecting to be a very, very busy offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. Also, NHL news, have an interesting back and forth right now between a prominent hockey podcast and a new head coach in the league. It's the Spittin' Chicklets boys versus Mike Babcock in Columbus. We'll dive into that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, the Blue Jackets have a statement out today uh, around the accusations. Uh, Boone Jenner, the captain of the Blue Jackets, has been wrestled into this thing. It's uh, an interesting back and forth before training camp has even started for Mike Babcock back in the NHL as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But the news of the day in the sports world, reacting to Monday night football in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers ruled out for the season with a torn Achilles Just four plays into his career with the New York Jets. He would roll out. You can clearly see on the video that something happens in his calf. An MRI on Tuesday confirmed the four-time NFL MVP's injury. And here's uh, Robert Sala. This was last night following the win for the Jets in overtime, which we'll get to in a second as well. But you can clearly hear uh, the New York head coach in his voice, knowing it wasn't good news for uh, his new starting quarterback. All right, I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. 
Coach, after Aaron went down, what your defense played in the second half, what did you learn about this team that maybe you didn't know prior to the game? Uh, <clears throat> personally, didn't learn anything. Uh, I think we all know what we have in that locker room. I think uh, we'll continue to keep speaking with the way we play, and uh, and I think that's what those guys are. They're an unbelievable, resilient group. We've already known that. Um, our defense came out in the second half and just took it personal. Uh, take the ball away from those guys four times. Um, stop after stop after stop. I thought offense was absolutely uh, speaking the right language at halftime. Uh, came out of the locker room, made the adjustments we, we needed to make and got the points we needed to get. And uh, so just overall, I just thought it was an unbelievable game all the way across the board. Special teams obviously obviously uh, capping it off, but uh, uh, proud of the group. But they didn't show us anything that we had already known in the locker room. <laughs> How do you process your emotions right now? Obviously, a great win for you guys, but the iron injury. Uh, <clears throat> that part sucks. I'm going to enjoy this win. Winning in the NFL is hard, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, personally, I don't hurt for me. I, I don't hurt for our locker room. I hurt for Aaron and how much he's invested in all of this. Um, you know, so I, I'm still going to say a prayer. I'm still going to hold out hope. Uh, but uh, you know, my 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 heart's with Aaron right now, not and nowhere else. That New York Jets head coach, Robert Sala, following a win for his team. He couldn't tell it was a win because clearly he was distraught like many of his uh, New York Jets teammates and players after the injury to Aaron Rodgers. And how has the hierarchy changed in the AFC and especially in the AFC East now that they turn to Zach Wilson, who had some moments in the game, was able to lead them down for a touchdown in the fourth quarter to Garrett Wilson with an unbelievable catch in the end zone. Greg Zerline gets the field goal. Bills tied up with six seconds left. And after not getting anything done in OT, the Jets don't even have to turn to Zach Wilson in OT because one of the stars of hard knocks, Xavier Gibson, with this incredible punt return, ended it for the Jets. Low snap. And getting away a line drive kick is Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left, gets to the 40, turns the corner, at the 45, 50, blockers in front, at the 40, at the Bills 30, inside the 20, stutter steps, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! It's a Jet touchdown! This game is over! Jets 1-0, Bills Bills 0-1, Josh Allen... Not a night to remember. 29 of 41, 236 yards through the air, including three interceptions on the night. He also fumbled the ball away. Turnover is a clear issue for the Bills. Stephon Diggs did have a good night. He had 13 targets, 10 receptions for 102 yards, and a touchdown catch in the second quarter. But again, the, the big conversation out of this one is, do the Jets go from... AFC East contender, AFC conference contender to middle of the pack again. I think expectations for this team were largely changed because of the guy at quarterback. And I don't know that Zach Wilson showed out a lot of ways that showed out in a lot of ways that you're going to have people thinking he can come in and fill the void for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Diana Rossini has already reported from ESPN this morning that the Jets have reached out to a number of veteran free agent quarterbacks to see what kind of interest is out there. 
what kind of talent is out there. Some names, I mean, Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz. Maybe you look to a Nathan Rourke in Jacksonville. I know that's been thrown out by some people. I just think there's a reason most of these guys aren't starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And if you're the Jets, you had so much invested in this season with Aaron Rodgers as the guy. And for it to come crumbling down in just four plays. And as Adam Schefter of ESPN has also reported, what does this say about the future of Aaron Rodgers? Not getting any younger. Is he going to go through this entire rehab process and start it again next year with the Jets? Nobody really knows what his future holds now, let alone for the team the rest of this season. And this also affects the Green Bay Packers, who will not be getting those first-round picks as part of the deal with the trade to the Jets that required Aaron Rodgers to play 70% of the snaps for the Jets this year. Obviously not going to reach that total. So those get changed down to second rounders, and the Jets wind up retaining some first-round draft capital in this trade, which they'd much rather give up and have Aaron Rodgers for the season than, than have to worry about that. But as far as it's, it goes and changing how things look, not just in, in the, the AFC East, but the entire AFC as a whole has, has changed now that Aaron Rodgers is down. I, I don't know how to look at the Jets. Disappointing start for the Bills. I feel like they'll be okay with Josh Allen. But in one game at MetLife Stadium last night, a whole lot changed for the NFL this season and a whole lot changed for the likes of the New York Jets and Zach Wilson going forward. We'll dive more into this a little bit later on this hour. Kaylin Keller is going to join us from the Athletics. She's a senior writer there. Been all over this story. Uh, what's next for the Jets? Are there any potential options that she likes? in the free agent market that might be able to come in and help New York? Are they going to stick with Zach Wilson? We'll get into all of that as the day goes on. But uh, one of the stories we mentioned a little bit earlier, this week we're two for two on NHL teams in Canada announcing their next captains. Will the Calgary Flames be next? That's the question we're asking right now. Canucks on Monday, Quinn Hughes, you're our 15th captain today. Adam Lowry the new team captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Congratulations to Adam. Uh, Lots of connections to Calgary for Adam. He was just at the Shaw Charity Classic uh, earlier this summer, helping raise money for our community. Great guy. Great to see him get that honor. And uh, we'll take you back to a little bit earlier on this morning, Adam Lowry reacting to the news uh, at a press conference today in Winnipeg after he was named the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, Adam, I'm here. You've been named the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. How does that sound? No, it it sounds uh, it's still something I'm getting used to. I think um, it's a huge honor. Um, when I found out, uh, I was I was pretty excited and almost a little speechless. I think it's it's not something growing up you kind of can dream about. You know, it's something that almost seems unattainable, but. Uh, yeah, getting to to be the captain of a Canadian NHL team is is pretty special. It's it's something I'm really looking forward to. How did that conversation go when you found out? Yeah, well, you know, I think first and foremost, I'm extremely lucky to to have been able to play my entire career with the, the same organization and 
to have gotten to spend so much time in Winnipeg and, you know, gotten to know the city and the people and form the relationships outside of the rink and at the rink. And um, finding out, uh, you know, I got a text from Bones uh, Friday night and we had some discussions leading up to it uh, about the possibility and, you know, would it be something potentially I'd be interested in and, you know, willing to do or, you know, would I accept? And, you know, I got the text Friday night that they were hoping to have a meeting on Saturday uh, at the rink. So um, I kind of had an inkling of what, you know, what was going to happen, but obviously nothing's for sure in, until it does. So um, when they when they offered it, it to me, you know, that that's something that, uh, it's something I'll never forget. I think, uh, you know, I, first and foremost, extremely proud to, to be the captain of the Winnipeg Jets and um, really looking forward to, to leading the team. I, we have a ton of great leaders on this team and, you know, we have a great group of guys and strong leadership core and kind of continuing to grow as, as a group and continuing to, to strive for our, our goal of winning the Stanley Cup and, you know, having the opportunity to kind of lead these guys along with Josh and Mark, and you know, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Harkins looks to walk out, throws it over, good pass, and they score! Top shelf, Adam Lowry, and it's 3-1 to one Winnipeg. So let's delve a little bit more into that. You've seen the highs and lows with this organization, and you speak about the strong leadership group that you feel that this team has overall. So in your mind, what does... What's the importance of the captain? What does the captain's role with respect to this team, this group, what does it involve? Well, you know, I, I think just trying to steady the ship sometimes when, uh, you know, things go off the rails a little bit, I think, um, you know, just try and maintain that consistency, try and maintain that team cohesiveness. And we're a real tight knit group. And when I look at how I play or, you know, how I'm going to lead, it's, you know, through my work ethic and you know kind of the actions it'll speak a little louder than the words and you know stand up for your teammates and and things like that so um yeah we're really looking forward to continuing to work with mark and josh and you know some of the other guys in the room and kind of growing together integrating the new guys and um continuing to kind of learn and uh grow as a team under bones your very first headshot yeah it's a good hairstyle <laughs> That young guy there, what do you think he would think of knowing that he was going to eventually become captain of this team? I, I, you know what, honestly, I think he'd be pretty speechless. I think um, when I was drafted uh, to Winnipeg, obviously that was a, a huge stepping stone and the, the opportunity and to get the chance to play in the NHL, it, it, made, it made the dream a little more clear that it was definitely a possibility, but you know what, I. I never really thought that, uh, you know, I'd play more than 100 games in the league, let alone, you know, coming up on my 10th season and now having the opportunity to, to captain a franchise. So I, I think he'd be blown away. I think he'd, uh, you know, he'd ask you to stop messing around and he'd be looking for Ashton Kutcher and Punk. So, um, yeah, I, I've come a long way from, from this photo. I, I think there's one where I was photobombing Mark at the same time. So, um yeah, it's uh, it's really special. I think uh, you know. I know. I would talk to my parents. They were extremely proud, and I got to talk to my nana, and she she was uh, beaming. So um, sharing this news with my family was great. 
Well, congratulations. Look forward to seeing what the season and seasons in front of you hold, but congratulations on this honor, Adam. Thanks, Sarah. I'm really looking forward to it. Adam Lowry, the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Third captain since the team moved from Atlanta to Winnipeg in 2011, following the likes of Andrew Ladd and Blake Wheeler, who served as captain for five and six years, respectively. 93 goals, 111 assists, over nine NHL seasons, all with Winnipeg. He was the 67th overall pick in the 2011 NHL draft. Alternate captain last season with Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley, who will again wear A's for the staff this year. And it continues to now uh, be a big presence here in Calgary, a big wonder here in Calgary as to what's happening next with the team. And with the Flames having that open captaincy, will they follow the same path as their Canadian cohorts in Vancouver and Winnipeg? And I'm not saying Wednesday, I'm not saying tomorrow we're going to dive into the program and start talking about who the next captain is, but is it going to be something that comes up before the training camp begins for Ryan Husky? Is it going to be one of those things where the Flames would rather take a couple of weeks uh, of training camp to see how this group of players this season is, is meshing together, who has taken the, the summer on and really taken advantage of the time off to, to come into camp in shape, in the best shape possible, ready to lead this team, who's ready to back up the words of the summer, all that sort of stuff. I, I personally think it makes sense to get it out of the way uh, ahead of training camp like the Canucks, like the Jets have done. I don't think you want this to be a storyline that lingers throughout training camp. I don't think it's going to hurt the team, but I just think it's an unnecessary added storyline for this team going forward. I think Ryan Huska has enough on his plate with a new coaching staff, with this being his first NHL training camp as a head coach. I think you'd like to have your leadership group in place so that they can start establishing the locker room, start establishing all those little things that go along with that, that the Flames haven't had the last couple of years as they've missed having a captain ever since Mark Giordano was selected by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft a couple of seasons ago. It's time for this team to name a captain. I think we know who the candidates are, whether it is Rasmus Anderson or Mackenzie Weger or Jonathan Huber or whatever. We've gone through the list. We've gone. We're not going to go over it. We said to Cameron Taylor that we don't need to go over this again today. We're not going to have the debate as to who the captain should be. But it is time. You can put the Hannafin stuff. You can put the Lindholm stuff away. It's time to name a captain. It's time to to get this thing going and to stop this conversation. Mostly for us. Because that's all we do. We'll, We'll talk about it for every single day that it doesn't come up. That's what we do. But... For the rest of the Calgary Flames, I think I think they'd like to know. I think, again, it's one of those things that doesn't need to be a training camp storyline for this team. I think it'll be nice for fans and, and the players alike to, to have that conversation done because it's been one that's existed for a very long time in this city, and I think it's it's about time to put a bow on it and, and head into this season with that storyline finalized for the Calgary Flames. We'll see what happens. No guarantees. This could be a thing that, that does go through training camp. Maybe it's a, a pre-opening night thing that gets decided for the Calgary Flames. They don't owe it to anybody just because Vancouver and Winnipeg named captains doesn't mean that they have to follow suit. 
I think it'd be a good idea. They won't listen to me. They don't have to. I'm uh, of no importance to what they <laughs> what they want to do when it comes to naming a captain. Uh, we've got lots to get you on the program today. We'll chat more hockey a little bit later on. We'll chat more about Adam Lowry and his captaincy in Winnipeg with Andrew the Hustler Patterson coming up in Hour 2. We'll chat about the Blue Jays opening series loss, opening game loss of the series against the Texas Rangers. Disappointing outing for them. 10-4 is your final, but they're back at it again tonight from Rogers Center in Toronto. Surprisingly small crowd last night, apparently. I saw a couple of uh, the beat writers for the Toronto Blue Jays mentioning it was one of the smallest crowds of the season at Rogers Center for one of the biggest series of the year. It was a bit surprising. We'll um, look into that maybe a little bit more and see why it was such a small crowd uh, for a big opening night game for the Jays in that series against Texas. Uh, it'll be on your radios tonight, by the way, is another 507 first pitch on the Sportsnet radio network and the Sportsnet television network as well. Uh, also, a couple of uh, NHL news and notes to pass your way. Max Comtois, formerly of the Anaheim Ducks, has signed a PTO with the Vegas Golden Knights, so he stays for now in the Pacific Division and perhaps one of the bigger remaining free agent targets that was out there. Uh, Tomas Tatar has found a new home. Nice landing spot here. He lands with the Colorado Avalanche on a one-year contract. So Tomas Tatar has finally found a home in free agency. It took him until September 12th of the offseason to do so, but a nice landing spot for him. He'll slide pretty nicely into the top nine in Colorado as he's a member of the Avalanche. NFL talk around the corner, fallout from Monday Night Football and week one in the books. Kale and Kale are going to join us from The Athletic. We're chatting all things NFL next. Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Last night's matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets was already near the top of the list for most intriguing games on the week one NFL schedule before all of the drama that went down at MetLife Stadium. At the end of it, Jets win 22-16 to over their AFC East rival, the Buffalo Bills. But now both teams are probably left with a lot more questions than they have answers after a week one outcome. What happens in week two for the Bills with Josh Allen? Is Zach Wilson the guy going forward for the New York Jets? A lot to look forward to. I know the AFC East and the AFC as a whole just got a whole lot more interesting. Help us chat about what happened last night, what happened in week one as a whole across the NFL. Right now, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in from The Athletics. She's a senior writer there, Kaylin Kaler, joining us this afternoon. Kaylin, thanks for doing this today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. Um, I, I got to ask you what your initial reaction was. I saw it on your Twitter timeline last night. It's pretty much the same as everybody else's when Aaron Rodgers yeah. went down. Uh, take me back to last night as you're watching this go down. Were you, were you thinking it was something serious like a lot of people did? Did you think it was yeah. just maybe something small? What was going through your mind? I thought it was serious because he's an old man. So um, <laughs> it was kind of clear to me. Like, I don't know. I mean... It just seemed it seemed bad from his body language, and then also just like I mean, he's always he's always been a quarterback where whenever he gets hit, I'm like a little bit worried, mostly because he had the history of a collarbone um, in his past um, from you know like a similar sack to that. So 
anytime he takes a sack and, you know, he is one who wants to extend plays. So he's hanging out in the pocket for a long time. And that has always made me a little nervous about him. And especially as he's older and then knowing that he'd had that calf strain also over the summer, you know, and you, you know, how calves and Achilles and all of that is connected and related. It just made you think, Oh, Oh, this is, this doesn't seem very good. No, and it, it turned out to be worst-case scenario for the Jets, and I thought it was interesting just going through everything that comes up when these sort of things happen. So many of your colleagues at The Athletic had even wondered. I know David Bakhtiari was kind of the most vocal about it on Twitter last night, but uh, the turf mm-hmm. versus grass issue becomes the big one here for this, and it was something that, like I mentioned, some of your colleagues at The Athletic had worried about even before the season started for Aaron Rodgers going to New York. Yeah, we actually had a really good story about turf and grass um, last season, like last November, I want to say. And it was really interesting to have, you know, these studies and data about non-contact injuries on turf and grass. And I think the interesting thing about Aaron's injury is that I don't know how we want to classify it because it technically was a contact injury. This was Mm -hmm. not non-contact. However, um, you know, it was on the turf and you do kind of see him as he's being taken down his left leg, which is one that got injured, does stumble and get caught in the turf. So it's almost both at the same time. Like it's a contact injury that probably was made worse by the fact that he, it was on turf. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I don't know how people are going to classify his injury later. Um, I don't know who gets to decide what the official designation there is, yeah. but um, I do think it's safe to say that there, like the turf probably did have some impact. And I know, you know, it's one of those things where players really think it does matter. And so, I mean, they're the ones playing the game. So why don't we just listen to them? Yeah, that seems to be the, the biggest thing. And the big message from, from David Bakhtiari, especially when you, you talk about you know what they're willing to do for for soccer players that sometimes played NFL stadiums right. and the back and forth and I think it'll definitely when it obviously goes to the term of somebody like or the presence of somebody like Aaron Rodgers I think it might bring it higher in the NFL spotlight I, I'm curious how you saw the Jets respond last night because that place went dead quiet as soon as Aaron Rodgers yeah. left the field I, I thought it was you know a pretty impressive comeback for them knowing just four snaps in that there was kind of that feeling that the entire season had just changed in front of our eyes. Yeah, it wasn't, it was an impressive comeback. I mean, the defense is great. Um, They were really good last year and like, they've got so many good players on that side of the ball that like, you know, they were able to keep the team in it. And, you know, thanks to Josh Allen making some horrific decisions three times in that game. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting because all Josh Allen had to do was like play smart football and like not commit turnovers. Cause that was really the only way the Jets were going to win the game because Zach Wilson was barely passing, you know, I yeah. mean, they didn't really have an offense with Zach Wilson. And so um, aside from obviously Garrett Wilson's miraculous catch for the touchdown, that was awesome. And Garrett Wilson is so talented. Um, you know, think, thankfully they have him like <laughs> with him. I mean, I think he can make, quarterbacks look a lot better than they are that's good but yeah I mean I don't know what to I don't know what to expect out of the Jets going forward because I really think they I mean Josh Allen has historically struggled against the Jets defense so I'm I'm not surprised that they made it really hard for him um but also I don't think they're going to be playing quarterbacks every week that are just making really 
uh, reckless decisions. So we'll see what happens going forward. But, I mean, their defense is good. Their defense is going to be good. Um, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. One of my colleagues, Diana Rossini, has reported that they're contacting veteran free agents right now. I don't know which ones, but we'll see if they bring in anybody else. Yeah, it's been a really tough start for Zach Wilson, and I don't know that – and look, he was an incredibly – I don't want to downplay how hard it would have been for him to to jump into that scenario, but I don't know that he also helped his own cause much last night, as you sort of pointed out. It was kind of the same old Zach Wilson that we'd seen from the first mm-hmm. couple years of his career, and that's why they went out and got Aaron Rodgers was because Zach Wilson's looked like Zach Wilson for his entire career. Yeah, and there was a play. There was I can't remember which play it was now, but um, the Manning cast, uh, like Peyton was just absolutely disgusted and was basically like, "I hope he doesn't throw the ball anymore." Like because yeah. it was a pa- it was supposed to be a pass, and he ran backwards. Like it looked like fifteen yards. Yeah. Um, instead, of, you know, which is like the absolute opposite of like what you're trying to achieve on any play. So, um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's ready. I mean, unless unless you know he's somehow learned a ton from Aaron Rodgers that he's going to show us in coming weeks. I don't think Zach Wilson is what they're going to want to stick with at quarterback there. Um, it would be hilarious if like Sam Darnold came back or you know <laughs> someone someone that they've already had. Like there's, I mean there's there's nobody really that exciting who's available. You've got yeah. Carson Wentz, who I don't think. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be any better necessarily than Zach Wilson. And Matt Ryan um, is maybe the best option that's not, that you don't have to trade for. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's not really like a great answer. Yeah, and I guess just to that point, in your mind, when you look at this Jets team and everything they've invested in this year, can they take a chance on, on giving Zach Wilson three or four starts in your mind? Or is this a team that... Like you mentioned with Diana Rossini going out and looking for a veteran option, is that sort of in your mind a better option for them? Just knowing how high the expectations were for this group heading into the year. Well, they're going to need to bring in someone because right now they have two quarterbacks on the roster: Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson. And uh, Tim Boyle has started a few games in his career, but he's definitely not um, who you want to be starting games for you. So, like. I don't know that you want him to be your QB two either. So it's like, you need, I think you need to bring in somebody who's a veteran who is either going to be your starter or maybe they do want to see more out of Zach Wilson. Like, you know, that person while they get acclimated to the offense, maybe they're the QB two. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to bring in someone no matter, because right now they only have two quarterbacks and I don't think you want to go into the rest of your year with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. You need somebody else who, you know, if something happens to Zach, which he's been injured before as well. Like he's, For sure. he, he scrambles a bunch. Yeah. So, I mean, he's also, not, you know, a safe bet to stay healthy even. So they're going to have to bring in somebody. Uh, in your mind, how much does this change the the sort of hierarchy of what was happening not just in the AFC East this year, but in the AFC conference as a whole, knowing that the Jets are going to be without Aaron Rodgers for the full season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's clear that the top team in this conference right, division now is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, based off of week one, I mean, Tua was fabulous. That offense looks great. Their defense gave up a ton of points to the Chargers, but the Chargers are going to score on everybody. So, um, 
they they stopped Justin Herbert on Sunday when it mattered. Um, so that defense already looks better with Vic Fangio. So I think the absence of Aaron Rodgers means this is the Dolphins' division to win, I think. Um, based off of how the Bills looked last night, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a walk in the park for the – I think they – what have they won, three times in a row, the Bills? Yeah. Um, it's not their division to win anymore. I would say it's definitely Miami. What about the Bills? Are you worried about the Bills given that performance from Josh Allen? Or, like you mentioned a little bit earlier on, is this just a case of right now he's got to figure out how to, to get something done against this Jets defense? And as a yeah. whole, he seems to do pretty well against most of the rest of the NFL defenses. I think they're going to be okay, but that was just about as bad as it could go um, for a team. Um I think in an opener. So those were just some really bad choices. And you saw after the game, he was very frustrated with himself. So I don't know that I expect him to like be doing this every week. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the Jets forced him into some bad positions, but also a lot of that was on him. Um, So I think he's probably learning, going to learn from this week one and how badly it went. I was definitely surprised by that performance and it does make me kind of reassess like, okay, I don't know that they're the favorites in this division anymore. I think it might be Miami. Uh, Kaylin Kaler is along with us, senior NFL writer for the athletic. Uh, Kaylin, I did want to talk to you about your piece that came out yesterday on the athletic. Uh, funny enough, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers coming from the green Bay Packers, starting the, uh, the Jordan love era now in green Bay and uh, how this might affect their draft picks going forward. But you had a great piece on the the Packers and life after Aaron Rodgers beginning with the the Jordan Love era and uh I just uh, Jordan Love had a great start poor Bears fans they can't seem to get away uh from a quarterback that likes to play in I Chicago know. uh but Jordan Love uh, going about his business a lot differently in Green Bay than than one Aaron Rodgers not saying one's better or worse than the other but you noticed talking to Green Bay players uh, a significant difference between the two hey yeah, so last year, um, you know, I did a story about how Aaron and his rookie uh, pass catchers were struggling to connect and, you know, how that, how that had a lot to do with how complicated his offense was and how much he was asking of them when it came to, you know, signals that changed their routes, you know, before many of, the, many of their plays when they're on the field, um, those quick last-minute changes, and just kind of like his availability to them in general. And so I was curious to whether – you know, with Jordan Love, who is 24 years old, I believe, um, in his fourth NFL season. Obviously, Jordan has been there this whole time, so like these players are familiar with him from last year. But I was curious if like they felt it was any easier to play with Jordan Love because he didn't come with you know 15 years of NFL starting experience that he was expecting everyone to immediately match his standard. And when I asked, so I asked last year Romeo Dobbs, who was a rookie last year, I asked him if if he had earned Aaron Rodgers' trust, this was week 13, and Romeo said, I don't know. And that was really surprising to me because I'm like, it's week 13. Like, you would hope you'd earned it by then. Yeah. He played 12, you know, I mean, and Romeo had been hurt a little bit, but he played enough games where I felt like he should have earned it. So I asked him the same question Sunday night after he caught two touchdown passes on Sunday. He, had a, um, he didn't have that many yards. I think he had like 48 yards, but he caught two really crucial, really great touchdown passes from Jordan Love. And so I asked him the same question and he was like, Oh yeah, I've, I've earned his trust. And it was, you know, just kind of like a statement. And then 
I went to one of the rookie receivers who is new to the system, you know, obviously new to love, new to the Packers. And I asked him the same question. He kind of looked at me like it was almost a weird question. He was <laughs> like, well, Jordan trusts everybody. Yeah. Like he trusts the offense. He trusts the defense. Like, so it was just a whole different vibe. And like, obviously that's because he doesn't have that starting experience, you know? And so that was interesting to me because I do think that does help you, um, connect with newer players when you're also, you, you know, you don't come with all of that baggage. Yeah. It was very clear in, in reading your piece and, and hearing from them that there was definitely a different feel, even for a guy like, like Matt LaFleur, who, you know, as a coach, you would think has true autonomy over play calling and how he wants to run the offense. But even he probably felt a, a bit of the Aaron Rodgers influence and look, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. He's obviously going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback one day, but it was really interesting to see sort of how how much that that presence affected everybody, not just from the receiver room, but even to the coaches, because Aaron Rodgers was going to have his say, and it was going to wind up being, whether you're Matt LaFleur or Romeo Dobbs, it was going to be impacting how the Packers handled things one way or another. Yeah, and it's funny because people have tried to ask Matt LaFleur basically that question this offseason or – you know, this preseason, basically like, hey, are you running your offense now and not Aaron? Yeah. But he, like, won't entertain the notion of it. Like, Rob Rob Dabowski of ESPN had a good article that came out last week. Um, so if you're interested in this topic, I recommend reading it. That was about all the, you know, changes to this year's offense with Jordan Love. And he asked Matt LaFleur that exact question, and Matt was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't get it, but I think we all – no, it's probably true. Yeah. Uh, Keelan, before I let you go, I wanted to get one more. I know you, you write along the entire NFL storyline when you do things for the athletic. Outside of Monday night, when you look back to what we saw Thursday night or full slate of games on Sunday, outside of the Rodgers Bills situation here that we've been talking about, what was your biggest takeaway uh, from week one of this NFL season? Um, the Cowboys looked really good. I, I mean, I don't think I expected them to come out like that. Um, so that was, I mean, they have a stack. They're very talented. They're probably the most talented, one of the most talented rosters in the NFC, but um, just based off of, you know, previous seasons and coaching decisions, I didn't think they were going to come out that strong. So that was really impressive to me, that performance. Um, yeah. And the bears on the flip side of bears Packers, like the Bears, so bad that yeah. that shot, that surprised me how, how unprepared they looked and you know Chase Claypool has been singled out by several people in the media for his performance but he really just really looked like he was phoning it in almost and this is a receiver that you traded for last year the you know, last season you thought he was going to be have all this potential and even DJ Moore who they traded for this come in I know it's only been one game but you know he was barely targeted yeah. so that the their offense and and what uh, that performance was just surprisingly disappointing. I didn't think it would be that bad. Uh, looking forward to week two. Should be really interesting. We got a ton of storylines coming up. Uh, obviously, with the, what happened on Monday Night Football. Kalen, thanks so much for the time today. Great stuff. Really appreciate you hopping on. Hopefully, we can do it again a little bit later on in the season. Hey, thanks. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Kalen Kaler joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline senior writer. For the Athletic, Jets beat the Packers on Monday night football but lose Aaron Rodgers for the season due to a ruptured Achilles. 22-16 in OT is your final. Josh Allen 
did not take advantage of uh, a down Jets team. 29 of 41, 236, three interceptions, a lost fumble as well. And you heard it there from from Kalen. Uh, Diana Rossini reporting already today that the Jets are looking at veteran quarterback options to come in and help this team. I don't know that Zach Wilson's the answer. I'm sorry. I know he got the win last night. Special teams probably helped that out. I don't know. As pitiful as the the Bills looked at times, and they really did look out of sync against that Jets defense, I don't know that when they punted that ball away in OT that I was naturally going to expect Zach Wilson to march the Jets down the field to get into field goal range uh, for Greg Zerline and, and just to kick it and move on. That's just not what Zach Wilson's frankly ever done since getting to the NFL level. And he didn't look that much different this year than he has any other year. And I know hard knocks uh, on HBO, you know, he tried to show you a different side of Zach Wilson, a guy that took the the weight off of his shoulders, having Aaron Rodgers there, having a veteran quarterback to sort of teach him how to be a pro and how to lead an offense. And that's all, that's all fine when Aaron Rodgers is healthy and we can talk about him being a different player and more confident and all those sort of things. Well, that reality has gone. It, it, it took four plays and that's what Zach Wilson got off this season before all that pressure, all that weight of the world was right back on him. And this might be the most pressure he's ever felt. There were people, myself included, that thought the Jets could compete for that division. I think the AFC in and of itself is incredibly talented with quarterbacks and some really good teams. So I don't know that it was fair to say they were a Super Bowl contender. I certainly thought they were a playoff contender with Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall is there. They they spent money on that offensive line. They've tried. The defense is obviously all world and is going to be like that all season long if they stay healthy. But now Zach Wilson, fairly or unfairly, has to take on some of those expectations. He was a high draft pick. He hasn't lived up to the billing yet. If we want to believe all the things that we saw during training camp, that he's learned how to be a better player. He's learned how to make better decisions because he's learned even just for a couple of weeks of Aaron Rodgers, then he's going to start showing it. Cause he certainly didn't last night. And I don't want to put it all on last night for Zach Wilson, because that scenario, as I mentioned to, to Kalen, I think is incredibly hard for anybody. All of this, you heard the crowd, the crowd went nuts when Aaron Rodgers took the field for their first offensive drive, it would wind up being his last, but they went nuts. They were incredibly excited. You saw number eight jerseys throughout MetLife Stadium, and all of a sudden, Aaron's gone. Zach's thrown right back into the fire. That's not easy for anybody. But if the Jets don't want this to be a lost season, I have to wonder... Is there a trade out there? Is there another quarterback out there? I know a very common one that we've heard from you know people on this side of the border, obviously, is, well, Nathan Rourke looked outstanding in preseason action for Jacksonville. Is that a guy that you can pry out of the Jaguars' hands because they have Trevor Lawrence there for the long term? Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if you're the New York Jets that you can pin this season and your hopes on as good as Nathan Rourke looked, he's never started an NFL regular season game. And as good as he looked, he was apparently never in contention for the number two job in Jacksonville, fair or unfair. So I, I, 
I like Nathan Rourke. I hope Nathan Rourke succeeds in the NFL. I, I think it would be a massive ask if that's what the Jets were going to say. Hey, come in here, learn our offense, and you know, take over for, for Zach Wilson at some point and help us do what we were hoping Aaron Rodgers would do. Thursday night football kicking off week two in just a couple days time. Eagles and Vikings from Philly. As far as the two teams we just talked the most about, the Jets are in Dallas to take on the Cowboys next. Cowboys with a 40 to nothing shutout of the New York Giants on Sunday night football. So back-to-back New York teams for the Dallas Cowboys. Buffalo Bills, they'll look to respond after a very tough beginning to their season. They're hosting the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday morning. Quick reminder, on Wednesdays going forward, our fantasy football guru Andy McNamara is going to join us, so make sure you're tuned in tomorrow. If you need fantasy football advice, if week one was a disaster for you like it was for me, ask Andy. We'll be on the program tomorrow, and Andy can help turn your fantasy football season around. If you need to make some trades, need to hit the waiver wire, whatever you need, every Wednesday here on Sportsnet Today, Uh, Ask Andy with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, and it is back tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. It's been a rocky start for Mike Babcock in Columbus as player accusations are again hounding the former Red Wings and Maple Leafs head coach. He's let out a statement. Boone Jenner, the captain, has been involved. We'll sort of wade through what we've heard from both sides as we come back around the corner. Plus, another chance for a ticket giveaway to win your way in to the 2023 AJHL Showcase. That's coming up as Hour 2 is next. It's live here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.